You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Voice the Colors podcast. I am your host, Stephen Igo, and we are bringing you a quick emergency podcast because one of the best players we've had the opportunity to watch at East Carolina University has called it a college career. Keaton Mitchell, the electric standout running back, has announced his intentions to declare for the 2023 National Football League draft. He will forego his final two years of eligibility and head to the professional ranks, and I've got just a few thoughts on this, and this will be a shorter podcast, but I already have had three to four people asking me when the emergency pod's dropping, and we usually do this when a significant player makes such a decision. And this one comes as a, I'll say a bit of a surprise on one hand, but not really a surprise on the other, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So a bit of a surprise because going into the bowl game, a lot of sources I spoke with surrounding the team, surrounding personnel, coaches, uh, everybody that's kind of involved with the situation was kind of informing me and with the stipulation that these things can always change, but informing uh, me that the the likelihood at that time was Keaton Mitchell wanted to return. He was telling most of the people around the program he was going to return, going to come back in 2023, and that was uh, the plan at that time. Again, with the stipulation that things can always change. But I think with the game being on national TV, and I think with Keaton playing so well, having an explosive kick return, having two explosive runs in front of a national audience, combined with the fact that these guys, once they're done with the bowl game, once they're done with practices, they go home, they talk to their families, they talk to their friends, they talk to you know potential agents, they talk to guys that... Uh, may have some big influence on their decisions. And anytime players get away from campus and get away from the current staff, which, you know, obviously they're going to want the players to come back more times than not for, you know, the team. But as guys get away and go home, they talk to people who are more in their their self-interest or for they're looking out for their own self-interest. They're looking out for Keaton Mitchell. And so, when those conversations start to happen, it's a lot tougher to say, hey, maybe I should come back for one more year, potentially risk injury, potentially risk uh, you know, something like that happening versus, hey, should I just go pro now and strike while the iron's hot? So 
I think part of Pete Mitchell wanted to return, finish up one more year, potentially as ECU's all-time leading rusher. Right now he is third all-time with 3,027 rushing yards, uh, just about 50 behind Leonard Henry, I think maybe 60. He's going to finish shy of Leonard Henry for second and around seven or 800 shy of Junior Smith for number one all-time. So he could have come back. He could have left as ECU's all-time leading rusher. But, of course, nothing is guaranteed. He also could have came back and blew out his knee on his first carry of the 2023 season. And he also could have came back. He could have gotten his degree. He has one more year to go to, to finish up that. But then on the flip side, he's got a chance to go get paid. And I do know that ECU's donors were working on some NIL stuff. He was set to get, I believe, uh, one $35,000 package or around about there, along with some previous work. He probably would have made around $50,000, $60,000 off NIL from East Carolina donors from what I was hearing. But now he's got the chance to go pro. He's got the chance to sign a, a rookie deal, which is essentially close to guaranteed for the first four years of his professional career if he gets drafted. He can make that much money and much more if he gets drafted. And he is entering an extremely deep running back draft. I mean, this is one of the deepest drafts. If you combine the COVID year, several of these running backs staying an extra year uh, over that time with the extra eligibility. It is a deep draft of running backs, probably the deepest it's been. And the scary part of that, if you are a running back, is the position that the NFL probably values less than any other is running back. So you could be an elite running back like Keaton Mitchell is, and you still may not get drafted very high. The other part of it is Keaton Mitchell is not the biggest running back in the world, listed at 5'9", around 180. Durability has been a little bit of a concern this year with a couple of concussions uh, and also a hip injury. So that is something that may make NFL teams leery. But at the end of the day, Keaton Mitchell is an elite speed running back. Speed kills in the NFL. It is probably the most important trait of any skill player, skill position. Keaton Mitchell has that. Whether or not he gets invited to the combine, we'll see. If he does and he shows up and he runs, runs a sub 4-4, he's going to make headlines. If he does it at pro day on a much lesser scale, he'll make headlines that way. That's where Keaton Mitchell is going to make his money is on the 40-yard dash. We saw Chris Johnson go from virtual unknown, had a huge Hawaii Bowl, then he ran 4-2-4 at the, at the NFL Combine, became a first-round pick as a result of that one 40-yard dash combined with his bowl appearance, and then the rest is history. He rushes for 2,000 yards, has a great career, and then, of course, you know started to deal with some injuries towards the end, but still... Phenomenal career from Chris Johnson. Keaton Mitchell, you know, a smart individual. He's got parents who are extremely smart. His dad played in the NFL for seven years. He knows that the time to strike, or at least he feels that time is right now. We talked about the deep running back class, but overall, three years of productivity, two years of tremendous productivity. 201 carries for 1,452 yards this past season, 7.2 yards per carry and 14 touchdowns. It was going to be very tough for Keaton Mitchell to come back and surpass or even meet those rushing numbers in 2023. He would have been a marked man. Holt Naylor's would have been gone. Isaiah Winstead's gone. You had some other offensive weapons gone. You've got the left tackle and the right tackle gone. 
it would have been tough for him to to meet that. Uh, he would have had to stay healthy first and foremost. And then if he would have done that, you know, do you really raise your stock at all? I think from a running back perspective, he had reached his peak as a college running back. Now, I do think he could have raised his stock in two areas, and they both surround the passing game. A, his hands were inconsistent catching the football, and B, uh, blocking kind of combined in one there. And then also on special teams, if he's going to survive or be a consistent playmaker in the NFL Unless he turns into elite running back, NFL teams are going to want to see that speed on special teams probably as a return man. He showed in the bowl game he's capable of that. He opened this year as a return man. If he did if he did come back in 2023 and he showed better pass catching skills and better return skills, he may have elevated his stock a little bit more. But if you look at the complete picture, you can understand you know, how much was he really going to elevate his stock with those few items versus the risk of potentially suffering an injury if he comes back. If you weigh the pros and the cons, certainly there are pros to coming back, but there are also some cons as well. And at the end of the day, I can't blame Keaton Mitchell for going. I can't blame those surrounding Keaton Mitchell for advising him to look hard at going. You know, he was a a tremendous running back for three years. He did basically what he felt like. You know, everything he wanted to accomplish at ECU from an individual perspective, he did that. Now he wants to take a shot at the NFL. And just from talking with people, talking with sources, he leaves ECU on very good terms. You know, him and the coaching staff and him and Mike Houston have been talking throughout this process, especially the last few days. And they just came to the conclusion that he wants to take a shot at the next level. And I think ECU is at peace with that. Obviously, they would have liked for him to return for another year anytime he can have an all-conference back. But They've recruited the room for a reason. They've recruited the last few years for a reason. They're going to recruit the transfer portal for a reason. It's it's difficult to keep elite players for more than three years. I mean, it's, it's almost difficult to keep them for more than a year now with the transfer portal. So my advice is to thank Keith Mitchell for what he's done. Look forward to what he's doing in the NFL and doing so as a representative of East Carolina University. And also look forward to the future. I mean, ECU has recruited the running back position well. ECU will have Rajay Harris returning next year. Yes, he's coming off a torn ACL, but he will be back. Marlon Gunn Jr. showed a ton of promise this year. Javius Bond, the second highest rated running back, uh, or excuse me, the second highest rated commitment of the class. He will be in in January. He will go through spring ball. He's a speed back, similar to Mitchell. Not going to say he's going to be the next Keaton Mitchell, but he's got that type of skill set where he's a home run hitter. Camaro Edmonds got his feet wet a little bit this year, former four-star recruit. Pop McKay is still with the program. Nemo Squire redshirted this year. So you've got several running backs. And now all of a sudden as you go into spring practice, we know Harris will not participate, so it's a wide-open race. Who's going to step up? When there's an opening there, this is when you sometimes see guys rise to the occasion. All these guys were recruited for a reason. They all have talent. And now that Keaton's gone, doesn't mean the next great running back can't step up. Now, the the offense is going to look a lot different next year. And we're going to see this offensive staff really earn their money. Quarterback, you've got Holt Naylor's moving on after five years. Mason Garcia will step in as a first-time starter. Obvious questions there anytime you have a new quarterback, but also 
you've got a different skill set. You've got a guy who's probably a little bit more natural and, and more gifted as a running as a running quarterback. He's more gifted from an arm strength perspective. Probably can't do as much as Holton Aylers did early in his time as a uh, pirate quarterback. But that's you know that's part of the process. Not every guy is going to be the same as a coach and as you know, game planning perspective, things are going to have to be done differently to begin with until Mason really gets comfortable, but he's got a tremendous skill set. So we'll see how that transpires at running back. No more Keaton Mitchell, but you do have some other skill sets there. And as we just talked about, a lot of competition, some talent for sure. Will they go to the portal and add somebody there? You know, we'll see. At wide receiver, we know Isaiah Winstead's gone. C.J. Johnson still has yet to make a decision as we sit here on Monday Monday afternoon at this point. Kind of lean towards him, likely declaring as well. He's played four years at ECU. You know, we'll see, though, what his ultimate decision is. Either way, you're going to be down some weapons at receiver. You're down Ryan Jones at tight end. We know Shane Calhoun will be back. The Pirates will probably also add a transfer tight end at some point. And I would expect him to add a transfer receiver. And then you've got several receivers who have been waiting in the wings as well. Josiah Hatfield, Kerry King, Brock Spalding, Tazi Hudson, Tyler Savage. you got several incoming talented high school receivers who have a chance to make an impact. So lots of skilled guys will have to step up, but that's part of, part of uh, building a program. You can't retain guys for five to ten years. This isn't the NFL, so it's always a uh, – a building process to an extent. You hope for ECU it's a reloading process. We'll find out in 2023. And then along the offensive line, you lose both your tackles, Noah Henderson and Justin Red, and your center, Avery Jones. But we saw a guy in Hampton Ergel step up in a big way in the bowl game. First career start, I would say he performed just as well as Avery against a really talented nose tackle. So sometimes guys only need an opportunity. It may make us all nervous because it's the unknown. But sometimes the unknown can lead to great things. And we're heading into the fifth year of the Mike Houston era. The coaching staff has had stability from a roster standpoint, even in this crazy era of the transfer portal. They've had stability from an offensive staff standpoint uh, and then from a defensive staff standpoint as well. So guys who have been or guys who are in the program, they've been in the program, they've been groomed for this moment, and then you supplement that as needed with the transfer portal. So you know, it's better than seeing Keaton Mitchell enter the portal and go going somewhere else to finish out his college career. So thank him for his time as a pirate, and we'll see how his NFL career plays out. It would be awesome to see his professional career turn into the next great pirate pro. I mean, that would be, I think, a, a dream scenario for not only Keaton, but for all of Pirate Nation, his friends, the coaching staff, and everybody surrounding the program. So congrats to Keaton Mitchell on a fine not even a fine career, an outstanding career. He was one of the most electric players I've seen in purple and gold. May be the single best runner of the football I've seen. Chris Johnson was electric. But Keaton Mitchell, from down in and down out, just continuously amazed me with some of his runs and his vision. Not every run was perfect, but at times it seemed like he was unstoppable just from a sheer speed and uh, breakaway standpoint. But he will be missed for sure, but it's part of the process, and we'll uh, continue to, as always, bring you the latest news. Big week in recruiting coming up for East Carolina. We'll have that scoop for you on hoistthecolors.net. But again, congrats to Keith Mitchell on a great pirate career. 
We'll look forward to seeing him at the next level. And thank you guys for tuning in to the Hoist the Colors Emergency Podcast. We'll be back with you in the coming days. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.